0: Thank you to all who are here tonight uh, in person and those who are with us uh, via live stream. I praise God that you would be faithful on a Wednesday evening to come to be further uh, strengthened and built up in the faith. Would you take your Bibles, please, and open to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. It seems that January is a good time to get back to our vision and our core values. For me, coming in, it's learning them. For many of you, you've looked at these for quite some time. I love our vision. We exist to be a community of disciples who glorify God by loving him supremely and by loving others sacrificially. What a great vision. Good time at the beginning of the year to get that back into clearer focus and be reminded then I I looked at the core values as I'm learning more about our climate here and things here and I love these and the first one, biblical authority. So for my first time preaching now as a member of the pastoral staff and, and the school staff as principal, I get to come to one that's nearest and dearest to my heart. There were Years that I was very religious, but I was not born again. There were years where I had studied the traditions of my former faith, and the catechism of my former faith, and the writings by those in the hierarchy of my former faith, but I had never systematically studied the Bible. In fact, I did not have my own copy I had missiles and missalettes and encyclical writings, episcopal encyclicals or whatever those terminology was that I used to know. But I didn't have the word of God. And someone challenged me from the word of God to convince him to remain in my former faith. I got into the book and God brought me out brought me to salvation, and then brought me to a place that would rest firmly on biblical authority. 2 Timothy chapter 3, I'll read for us verses 14 to 17, even though our focus will largely be on verse 16. Just one of those verses. It's the second verse of scriptures I memorized. The first was John 3.16. God's word says, 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting in 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You may have been reading in your version, all scripture is breathed out by God. Praise the Lord for that. That verse is one you could rest a whole lot of teaching on a whole lot of truth on. Now you don't try to take just one verse from the Bible and build an entire doctrine around it. We could spend all night here and many nights. We could spend a week, we could spend a semester in a college level study in a seminary somewhere digging deep into biblical authority and th- things along those lines. But we're going to take this one verse and hopefully be refreshed in some truths. Always like to have context. And now let let me pray before we go further into that and get the context and then move into the content. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are a God who has given us this authority, the written scriptures. Help us to relate Properly to this authority. Help us to recognize it, to receive it, to embrace it in our lives. I pray in Jesus' name, Amen. So the the whole chapter, if you remember, it starts out with the Apostle Paul warning of the apostasy that will be increasing more and more as this church age continues, as we get further and further into the last days. And so he talks about those perilous times, and then he lists characteristics and traits, Uh, men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous boasters, etc, etc, etc. He goes on and on. And then in verse 10 in the chapter, he turns to Timothy and he says, but you, but thou, has fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, etc., etc. And so he goes on to talk about his persecutions and the afflictions and the things that he's gone through. And he said, Timothy, I want to encourage you through my testimony that you have observed. Boy, the power of a great testimony. When people can see in your life the things you've gone through. I'm just going to say it right tonight when I heard Sandy get up and speak before us and the things I've heard. The power of a testimony of people going through heavy things but having a hold on on their faith. Praise God for that because it's such an encouragement to others. But that alone wouldn't be enough. So the Apostle Paul turns the topic now and says... After it continues, he talks about that. But continue thou on the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. So he turns the topic from Timothy being strengthened in the testimony of Paul in his life, and what he has seen, and what he has learned and been assured of, and then he turns it to the sacred scriptures. And that's the context that leads us into the all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is the first. It's interesting how even how this little card is written because which one is the second, I don't know because which direction will I go across or down. But certainly I know biblical authority is the first. It is so fundamental, it is so foundational for us. If you have that messed up, you really can't be sure of anything else in the faith. It's the first wherever you study it. If you were to go and study what we call the biblical distinctives of Baptists, sometimes they're called by different terms, it always starts with biblical authority. Of course they do an acrostic and the first letter is B. Biblical authority, autonomy of the local church, priest of all believers, etc. You follow that acrostic out. But it's not just first because it's the first letter. It's first because everything else rests on it. If I cannot rely on the authority of the word of God, I cannot be sure of any doctrine that it teaches. So I'm left floating. I'm left a victim to every wind and every different teaching out there but boy when I'm grounded in the truth of the scriptures that helps with everything it's also when you study what's called the fundamentals of the faith and a very classic one is where they have five of them and they all start with v the Roman letter uh, uh, for five and the first one is verbal plenary inspiration of course it refers right to this all the words are breathed out by God. All the words are inspired. So what a great time early in the year to say, hey, I need to be reminded, be refreshed that this is my authority. Biblical authority, it refers to the belief that the Bible, the word of God, is the final authority in all matters of faith and practice. Of anything that I will believe As a child of God, this is the authority. Of anything that I will do as a child of God, this is the authority, the final authority. And you get grounded on that. Let me say a very, very important statement. You cannot be grounded and growing as a Christian if this isn't set if you're not grounded on the Word of God and growing in the Word of God, you cannot really be growing very much as a Christian. And so, praise God that we could come at this time and just kind of be refocused. See, we started that whole week with prayer. That was rich. And boy, to get the two of those firmly embedded in our hearts and in our thoughts as we begin the word i want to be communicating to god in prayer and not just rote prayers not just asking 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 but including praises and recognizing his attributes and uh, going into prayer but also to say i also need to have this these two pieces in my life so let's look at some of these things as we go along course, I said things I've written down. Why look at it? Just, just talk. Let's be sure that we understand the nature of the word authority. First of all, please do not miss the word author in authority. Nowadays, anybody can write a book. You can self-publish. It doesn't even cost much to get your own book out there. But historically, an author was a person when they wrote a book, that you really respected that profession. That's been way watered de- down in our day and age. But see, it says all scripture. All scripture. Let's not forget that God authored that. And it's an authority for us. Let's look at definitions. I love definitions. The power or right to give orders. What is authority? The power or right. To give orders. This book has the power and the right to give orders. Amen? See, man rebels against authority. Satan himself, Lucifer, rebelled against authority. Kind of in the cluster of the great sins are pride and rebellion, and they go right together. But when we say, I recognize the authority, this book has the right to give me orders. And to control my life. When we recognize that authority. Listen to this next definition. A person or entity or organization having power or control in a particular sphere. Oh, let us relate with this book in that way. This book has the absolute right and power to control my life. Not in just a particular sphere, in every sphere. I will look at every academic discipline through the filter of God's Word. There is no philosophy that if it contradicts the Word of God is superior to it. You see, Dennis, for years I was in a religious system that said there are two sources of absolute truth. The tradition of that church And the word of God. And when I began to question it and said, Well, when they are in conflict, which one trumps the other? Oh, they can never be in conflict. I had a list. A long list. And I was told by the clergy in that particular denomination that I was being contentious. But there was a list. Indeed they did. And that's as the Lord used that, even as I was coming to knowledge of salvation in the early time, to convince me this is the authority. The power to influence others, this is the third definition, the power to influence others because of one's recognized knowledge. So we may go to someone who's an authority. If I need medical expertise and treatment I'm going to look for someone who's an authority in that field. I'm not going to go to my mechanic who may be very good at fixing my carburetor. Do cars even still have carburetors? I don't know. Uh, But that's how old I am. He may be very good at fixing a carburetor but he is not an authority on heart transplant surgery. But God's word is an authority on everything and anything it speaks of. And because the recognized omniscience of God, who chose to give us this word, I can turn to it. And then I love the fourth definition. A book or other source able to supply reliable information or evidence, typically to settle a dispute. We must recognize, receive, embrace the authority of the word of God. How do you relate to authority? Is anybody like me that when there's a cop behind you, when there's a policeman behind you, you just get a little nervous, maybe a lot nervous? Even if I'm going the speed limit, there's just something about that. How we relate to different authority figures in our life. Thank God we have a perfect authority. And all that we would relate to it rightly. Now let's take our, our verse and start to parse it a little bit. I hope nobody will be offended. I'm a little bit warm here. It's been a while since I've been warm. Standing at the door in the morning letting students in is not a time when I felt so warm. But now let's take this verse and kind of dig in to a few things. All scripture is given. All scripture is given. It's presented. It's a gift. What a gift it is. Oh, the gift of salvation. Salvation. The gift that we have. But this, it's a gift. If I would recognize that, that would help me not just to receive it, but to embrace it. There's no gift like it. And the Bible is full. I love how in Psalm 19, it's like a little encapsulated version of Psalm 119. At least in the heart of it. The law of the Lord is perfect. It says, the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. I love this gift, don't you? And now you know, it's tough. I lost my Bible for a week and a half in the move. It drove me crazy because I know exactly on the page where the verse is. And I have my notes and I was doing the phone thing. I was in church for like two weeks. With my phone, doing the app, that's fine. I'm not preaching against that. I'll still do that sometimes because I have nifty little tools. I could hop back and forth between a few versions and I could click a button and see the word in the original language. So it has its usefulness. But boy, I was missing this. I finally found it in that one little plastic crate. It was just kind of buried under there. What a wonderful gift this is. Uh, And if we would have that attitude, could you imagine feeling that way about an authority? What a gift this authority is in my life. This one truly is. Be renewed by it. If your Bible can sit days and days without being opened, you're probably not cherishing that gift oh, if other things can just crowd out time in the word of God, you're probably not saying more to be desired than gold, yea, than fine gold, and sweeter than honey, than honeycomb. Wouldn't it be a good time to say, Lord, rekindle in my heart a deep appreciation and love for this gift? Because see, It's not a cold, impersonal type of authority. Biblical authority, the fact that this book is my final authority in all faith and practice. But it's a loving, wonderful gift. All scripture is given. It is personal. Thank God for the personal nature of this authority. See, it's hard to follow and obey imperfect authority. It's also hard to follow and and receive and embrace cold, distant, remote authority. But this personal authority breathed out. Breathed out. Put your hand in front of your mouth, please. And feel the breath. Say, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Can you feel it on your hand? Everybody say it, please. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. You felt it, didn't you? Now, if I asked you to turn to your neighbor and say that right in their ear, maybe a few husband and wives might like that, to feel the breath. It's very, breath is very personal. When it says that God's word, the way it came to us, that He breathed it, all Scripture, every writing of the Scriptures, all of it was breathed out by God. Think of a breath. It's warm, it's intimate. I don't want most of you to whisper in my ear. That would feel uncomfortable. Emmy, I love you. You may whisper into my ear anytime you want, but I don't particularly want somebody else's. It's so intimate. It's so personal. And all your scripture, it's as if God is speaking right to you. Intimate, intimacy, into me, see. And God said, I have chosen to reveal myself to you in this book. I want you to see into me. How can we pray all those attributes? Because Pastor Dave can take us to Psalm, I think it was 103 that he referred to a number of times. Or go to this portion of the scriptures or that portion of the scripture. And learn about all these wonderful attributes of God. Because God says, I want to reveal myself to you so you can know me more and more, more fully. How can we do that apart from this book? Oh, I know we can see the beauty of nature and learn something of God And that could lead us to some kind of devotion. But to see into the mind of Christ. To see into the heart of God. It's because it's a personal book. It's breath. As intimate and personal. And warm and close up an image as you could imagine. And that's how the process of him giving us his written word is described. It's not only... Presented and given to us as a gift. It's not only personal and warm. It's powerful. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's not Shakespearean inspiration. I was inspired to write this play. Though this be madness, yet there be method in it. Oh, that's so deep, Shakespeare. He was inspired when he wrote that. This isn't inspired by William Shakespeare. Inspired by some poet. All scripture is given by inspiration. It's breathed out by God. And so that breath, that voice is the one who spoke the world and the universe into existence. That's a powerful book. Hebrews 4.12 Quick, alive and powerful, active. That's my book. That's my authority. I love this authority. It was given to me to hold close to myself. It's very personal. God allows me to see into him more and more. I know he sees into me. could have this personal relationship. But it's powerful. He just spoke. And everything came into existence. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. Time, he created it in the beginning Space he created at the heavens. Matter he created at the earth. That voice is the one who inspired this word. That's pretty authoritative. I mean, when you can do that, I'm going to listen. Remember the old E.F. Hutton commercials? Anyone remember way back when? When E.F. Hutton speaks. I don't know if E.F. Hutton is still around, but when E.F. Hutton speaks, people listen they stop and they listen. If I would look at the word of God that way and realize all scripture is breathed out by God, that he inspired it, the one with that voice. See, the word of God is quick. It's alive. When someone's breathing, they're alive. I remember when my grandmother drew her last breath. Her breathing, the sound of it was amplified by the Little oxygen mask. Beep, 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 beep. And I remember when the last breath was expelled. And Grandma was gone. I and my Aunt Doris and my Uncle Dominic were singing. Was it when peace? It is well with my soul. We were singing at the time we saw that it was coming soon. We had prayed and then we were singing. And the last breath was gone. This book is still alive. This is a God-breathed book. For the word of God is quick and powerful. It's alive and it's active That's my authority. Would you embrace this book tonight? Not just say, oh, I'm glad to be reminded. We all know the doctrine. If I wanted to just... Have a little class on why do we regard this as an authority. We know the Word of God says that it's an authority, but that's circular reasoning. Oh, well, why should we hold it? We could do a little class on because of its historical accuracy, because of its prophetic accuracy, because of its historical indestructibility, we could probably, most of us can say a whole bunch of reasons why we regard this as the Word of God as an authority. But if it's not a personal, alive, breathing authority in our lives, in our mindset in our ability to love others and communicate truth to others, it'll just get more and more remote and distant. And we can doctrinally say, yes, we believe in the biblical authority of the Word of God. The Word of God is the final authority in all matters of faith and practice. And it's like a cold, familiar doctrine instead of an alive and active Word of God in our lives It is so very powerful. Remember what Pastor Dave reminded us of on Sunday evening? He reminded us that in the armor of God, the only offensive weapon is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. But church, we have to remember this. The word of God is under constant attack. There will be every possible means the enemy can use to attack it. See, he goes after the seed. In the Old Testament, he went after the seed because it would be the seed of the woman that would bring forth the Messiah. In the New Testament, the seed we hear over and over is the word of God. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible the sower, and the seed. And Jesus explains it's the word of God. So you must know that in your spiritual warfare, for you to be able to be victorious and to have the whole armor of God on, all those defensive pieces, the helmet and the breastplate, but also to realize, oh, that we would cling to the word of God. Because it's our only offensive weapon. It's our only way to stave off the philosophical attacks the the counter-cultural and counter-Christian world view that's out there it's through the word of God and it's powerful to do it but this book is not powerful on the pew this book is not powerful on the table it's not powerful on the dashboard of your car it only it's in its own power, I'm not denying its power, its power in my life, is when I say, all scripture is given, this is a gift to me that is finer than gold and sweeter than honey. By inspiration, this is breathed out by God himself. Of God, it has that power. As we take these truths and we're refreshed in them, because how can we have victory in the Christian life? How can we overcome in the spiritual warfare that presents itself constantly in our lives apart from the word of God? It's an authority, but it's my authority in my life and it's used <clears throat> and is profitable Do I have enough time? Yes, I do. I have plenty of time. It looks like an hour and 13 minutes left. And it's profitable. Not only is it personal and powerful, it is profitable for what? Number one, for doctrine, for teaching. It's profitable for that. Again, it's not profitable on the pew. It's only profitable if I'm reading it and studying it. Isn't it what Pastor Walker has said a couple times I've heard so far? He's probably said it much longer, but I haven't been under the hearing of his preaching enough. With the Word of God, we must read it. We must memorize it. We must study it. There are three different aspects, and we need all of them in our lives. At least I heard that a couple times. I think most of, a, most of you have heard it more times. Why? It's profitable. It's profitable. How can we be grounded? There are so many competing doctrines out there. But we have a doctrine. We earnestly contend for the faith, the body of doctrine, the faith once delivered unto the saints. How can I earnestly contend? I don't mean going out there and fighting with someone looking for someone in another type of cult or denomination or church to have little debates and fights with them. But to combat contrary points of view if we don't say this book is so profitable for teaching therefore i want to be in small groups i want to be in church i want to be in what do they what do we call them here pastor dave d groups and every opportunity i can have not just to have fellowship to get further and further grounded in the truth of this word because it's absolutely profitable for that but it's also profitable for reproof that word has two senses to it and they both go together. One one thing is the, the, a rod and reproof the Bible speaks of when you are even like rebuked when you're sharply pointed out in the error or even sin. But it's also speaking of presenting proof if you go and study the word in its original language in the shades of meaning. This book is profitable. I don't know about you but I don't like to be To receive reproof a lot. And I've had enough encounter with imperfect authority. Where the reproof comes because someone has distorted something or been against me. But never so in the word of God. It's profitable. But you're going to have to trust this authority so much. And have such a personal relationship. That you're saying, oh God, reprove me. Point out things that are wrong. And show me how to make them right. When I get on my high horse, we can even be quoting scriptures on our high horse. And the word of God can reprove us. See, when we talk about biblical authority, it's not just some remote doctrine. Yes, we believe that that the Bible is the final authority in faith and practice. No, it's so much more than that. This is my authority. And I love this authority. And God you have the authority. I yield to the authority. In any moment and in every moment. When I'm doing wrong. Reprove me. When I'm in error. Reprove me. When I'm in rebellion. Reprove me. And Lord put me around loving Christian people. Who are also grounded in the word. And I give you permission to use them to reprove me. God I I give you permission For just about everybody, Pastor Dave, to reprove me when I'm in error. That could bruise our ego. Amen, brother? But boy, you just yield to that. This is my authority. And God, I love when I open this up and I read it and I find comfort in the scriptures. But I also love it, Lord, when you convict me of what's wrong. So I can get it right. How else can I love you supremely and love others sacrificially? If I'm not tender hearted enough to receive the reproofs that I need. And also to be corrected. And Lord, not only point out the error. You notice how some people are very good at pointing out the errors. But not pointing out the solutions. They can tell you everything you're doing wrong. But not help find the solution. But this book is profitable not just for reproof. But for correction. And then finally, for instruction, for training, very much in particular in righteousness. Because the more we walk trained well, instructed in righteousness, the more we have that kind of testimony that can get closer and closer to the kind of testimony the Apostle Paul spoke of that was first used in Timothy's life before the greater authority of the scriptures uh, grew in his life. I like this verse I found in Proverbs 29. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings his mother to shame. And then this one. Correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way, and he that hateth reproof shall die. I like that verse that put them together, that put those two thoughts together. Lord, your word is profitable for teaching for reproof, for correction, and then to teach me and train me how to walk in the path of righteousness. And then finally in verse 17, look at the perfecting work of the word of God. This book is my authority in all matters of faith and practice, but it's not a cold, remote authority. It is a gift given to me. It is an intimate gift that I cherish from the very breath of God. It is a powerful resource that I have in my life. And it is very profitable and it's perfecting. It's making me grow and become more and more complete in my Christian life. That the man of God may be complete, may be perfect or complete. Thoroughly furnished or equipped Unto every good work. I want this authority in my life. I thank God for other authorities. I thank God that there are governmental authorities. And his word, by the way, tells me how to relate to them. Romans 13. I thank God that I've had pastoral authority in my life. Being on a staff, I have pastoral authority. Going up to Pastor Lance. Have had pastoral authority with my pastor. I thank God for good authority that I've had in my life. But above all I thank God for this authority. So when you look at that core value from now on would you say it's not just a blurb about the word of God is the final authority in everything I believe and everything I do it is sweet authority with great purpose and power in my life. And with that, let's use it to love God supremely and to serve others sacrificially. Father, I thank you for the opportunity tonight just to go right back to the basics, to be reminded of the foundational importance of the authority of the Word of God. May it become more personal to us and grow us by it, I pray, In the name of your Son, our sweet Savior, amen.